This is going to be a very different episode than what we normally talk about. No practical tips on marketing or content, because today I actually want to talk about what's going on in the world. I want to be real with you about where I am and where you might be, and I want to go deep on that. I want to talk with you from my heart about fear, about how to handle yourself during a crisis, about how to not only come through this time and everything that's going on with coronavirus, but to grow stronger from this in every way and from any other crisis in your future. Because if you know anything about my story, I mean, you might remember I'm in a wheelchair that I can't move from the night down, and yet I've done all of these amazing things online. But what you might not know is I built my career during the last recession, starting from nothing. I didn't have hardly any experience. As a writer, I didn't have any savings to support me while I learned. I didn't even have any health insurance. But when the recession was over, when I did some of the things I want to talk about today, it made me a multimillionaire. Okay, so even if you're starting from scratch right now, even if you're worried about the future and you're wondering how you're going to get through, I'm going to talk today about how to work with that and also how to come out the other side even stronger than you were before. Okay, I'm going to talk about what I did and also what I'm doing right now in the, in the midst of the coronavirus crisis. And, and no, I'm not going to give you a, a speech with a whole bunch of bravado where I'm going to be telling you to stop being afraid that everything is all right because right now, I think fear is a totally reasonable response to what's going on in the world. In just a few weeks, the world as we know it has gone from completely normal to like a ghost town almost nobody recognizes. People are dying. We're standing in line to get food. The economy is in the toilet. We're afraid for our health. We're afraid for our families. We're afraid for our futures. Not not just the random people out there, you, me, everyone is afraid right now. And that's okay, but I think it's also important to remember there's a big difference between fear and panic. If you're afraid, you can still think, you can still make good decisions, you can still function, but people who panic are ruled by fear. They can't think, they make terrible decisions. They lose the ability to function like human beings. And often, they suffer the consequences. Okay? That's the first lesson I want to share with you today. It's okay to be afraid, but it's not okay to panic. Not ever. Not even if your life is on the line. And I speak from experience here. Back in 2009, I was completely dependent on Medicaid to pay over $100,000 a year of medical bills. I couldn't get private insurance. This was before the Affordable Care Act. And Medicaid sent me a letter around Christmas time saying they were canceling my health coverage due to a lack of state funding. 
So all of my caregivers gone, all of my doctors gone, all the prescriptions I depend on to survive gone. And this, again, was before the Affordable Care Act. There's no possible way of replacing my insurance because those were all pre-existing conditions. No private insurance company would take me for any price. And I was really, really tempted to panic because that letter in the mail was basically a death sentence. Without those medications, without those people, I would quite literally die. All right? But I had to force myself to think rationally. And the only rational decision at that time, ironically enough, was leaving my home, leaving the U.S., and moving to Mexico, where healthcare is dramatically cheaper. Which sounds insane. You move from a safe, wonderful country like the U.S. to a country that at the time was in the middle of a drug war that was on the front page of the news every day. I must have been crazy. I can't count the number of people who told me I was crazy for leaving the country in such a scary time. But think about it logically. I could move, face some risks, and maybe die. Or I could stay at home and certainly die because I couldn't get the coverage I needed. It's a no-brainer, right? The decision was easy to make from a logical perspective, but a very difficult one from an emotional perspective. And when you're in the middle of a crisis, a lot of times this is the difference between success and failure. When times are hard, you have to be rational. You're still probably going to be afraid. I mean, when I made that drive to Mexico with my mother, I was so terrified. I mean, maybe TMI here. So terrified I had to take Imodium just so I wouldn't have diarrhea like every 30 minutes. I was literally scared shitless, okay? But I managed to put myself in a state of mind where even though I was afraid, I didn't let that impact my decisions. The decisions were cold, pure logic, and the same is true today. Right now, the most important thing I'm doing is running financial projections with different scenarios and confidence factors in mind. Because the biggest danger here is not actually the coronavirus. It's the economic fallout that happens after that. It's going to affect me and my company. It's going to affect our students. All of us are going to wake up from this in a new economic, probably much longer term reality. And even if that doesn't happen, I want to be prepared for it. Now, I'm not saying the coronavirus isn't dangerous. It is. But there's very little I can do about that. What I can do something about is preparing for the economic times ahead. And all of the smartest people I know, that's mostly what they're thinking about and doing right now. So I'm watching the stats, I'm running the numbers, I'm looking at best case scenarios, worst case scenarios, I'm looking at what's being affected, what's not being affected, 
And I'm not just talking about money here. I look at the graduation rates of our students. I look at different ways we can help our students get work and make more money. I think about what it would take to preserve the jobs of our employees if the economy goes bad. I think about ways we can charge less to make what we do even more affordable for our students who are going to need it if we're forced into a new reality of working from home in the future. The, the data tells me what works, what doesn't work, what's important, what's not important. And then I do my best to make rational choices on that data. Now, if you don't have a business with a bunch of data, how does that apply to you? The first thing I would look at is how much money you're earning and spending and then project how long you can make it before you run out of money. Then think about different scenarios like what if you lose your job? If I had a job right now that was threatened by quarantine, I would probably already have unemployment paperwork filled out and ready to go. If you're a homeowner looking into deferral programs for your mortgage, even if you don't need the money yet, it's probably a smart move. Put each and every expense under a magnifying glass because the more you spend right now, the faster your safety disappears. And if there's anything you can do to increase your cash on hand, like filing your taxes early or refinancing your house or applying for low interest or 0% interest credit cards, all of that's a good idea because it extends the amount of time you can go, and the longer you can go, the better your chances of not having a financial meltdown. So that's the strategy. But let's also talk about the elephant in the room, and that's depression. Whenever any of us feel powerless, like we're in a terrible situation and there's nothing we can do to change it, like this one with coronavirus, it's incredibly easy to sink into this apathetic, depressed state to lose all of your ability to focus, to really have no motivation to do anything other than to just sit there and watch what happens. And what I want to do now is show you what to do about that and how I personally break out of that because it's a technique I don't hear other people talking about. Okay. I also have to qualify myself because if you have a history of severe depression with thoughts about suicide or even if you have severe paralyzing anxiety, what I'm about to talk about could actually be dangerous to you because it could be very overwhelming. But if you're just feeling lethargic, if you're mentally mostly okay, but just kind of scared and unfocused and unmotivated, then what I can do here is tell you what works for me whenever I'm in that situation. The first step is garbage in, garbage out. If you spend the majority of your time around people who are panicked and you're consuming media by people who are deliberately trying to cause panic, you're either going to become panicked yourself or you're just going to shut down because you feel so powerless. There's really no other possibility. And the best defense system I know of is to limit your inputs. Stop logging into Facebook, turn off your cell phone for most of the day, 
stop watching any TV news, especially, and to stay informed, consume your local news either in print or on the web where you can read it because it'll have less emotional impact on you. All right? Replace all of those inputs with more encouraging inputs like podcasts, TED Talks, books, audiobooks. Fill your brain with empowering things and it'll become much easier to focus and not be so distracted by everything. Personally, before I moved to Mexico and even when I was in Mexico, I usually listened to things like that for five or six hours a day. Five or six hours a day just to make sure I had so much positive, empowering information coming into my head that there wasn't room for anything else. And that helped me move forward. Okay, next is the somewhat dangerous part. Okay, and it's I want to try to teach you how to harness your fear to create motivation because fear can actually be used as a fuel source. It's not very healthy, but sometimes you need it. I mean, if you run into a grizzly bear out in the wild, that fear helps you run faster to get away. Okay, um, so this is not necessarily a good thing to do long term, but it's personally how I've motivated myself to do some crazy things, okay? Like pack up everything and move to Mexico. And here's how I did it. I imagined the cost of doing nothing. And here's what I mean by that. I imagined myself staying at home about running out of money and having to move in with my grandmother. I imagined her not being able to take care of me because she was too old and eventually being carted off to a state-run, bottom-of-the-barrel nursing home. I imagine sitting there being forced to watch daytime TV all day. I imagined getting sick and sicker and sicker and then eventually dying there in the nursing home where they just came in and pulled a sheet over my head and nobody really gave a shit. I imagined my mother finding out I was dead and going into a deep depression and never coming out of it. And what I was doing here is I was reimagining the enemy instead of the things I couldn't control being the enemy, like the economy, or in this case, the coronavirus. I made the enemy doing nothing. The idea of doing nothing became so terrifying that I could literally work 18 hours a day for a month without stopping on pure adrenaline. It wasn't healthy, it wasn't good, but it gave me superhuman levels of drive. And that's what helped me survive when I was going through a time that my life was quite literally on the line. And right now, I'm doing the same thing to a lesser extent. I'm imagining laying off my employees. I'm imagining how that's going to affect their families. I'm imagining letting down our students, closing programs, shutting down the company, declaring bankruptcy. I'm imagining the shame and the loss. I'm imagining, I mean, it's, it's my own private version of hell. Okay. 
and then I'm using the numbers and the data as a map to find my way out of that hill. Because I can't let that happen. I won't let that happen. I'll, I'll study the data. I'll make good decisions. I'll work with my team to get more done than we ever thought possible. And I'm not going to lose a single one of them. Not without a fight. We're going to double down on helping our students. We're going to be more valuable, more essential than ever before. We're going to be here for you to put money in your pocket to guide you through the changes to give you the best information and advice you can ask for because we can. In my heart, I know we can. And listen to me for a second here. So can you. You can't control what happens with the government or the coronavirus or the economy, but you are in total control of yourself. You can control your emotions. You can control your thoughts. You can make good decisions guided by data and logic. You can come up with a plan. You can fight your way through. You can work night and day to create a better future for not just yourself, but the people you care about. And not by panicking or acting like a thoughtless animal, but by ruthlessly executing your plan to win. And you will. I know it down deep in my heart that so many of our students are going to come through this stronger than ever, better positioned than ever, to crush it when things turn around, because they always do. And I'll be right there beside you every step of the way.